Continuing on live from SEC Media Days, and we have some interesting things coming from some teams that actually today, particularly Auburn and Mississippi State, two teams that Arkansas plays at home this year. Why do they need to go undefeated in Arkansas? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razor podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Tuesday as we are still going strong, still going live from SEC Media Days here in Nashville, Tennessee. If I don't knock the microphone over, if I don't mess up the camera, it's been quite a, uh, I won't say what it's been. It's been a clown show. We'll say that with the amount of uh, things that have been going on and some weird lighting here. So if you're watching on YouTube, just bear with me on that. But, hey, it doesn't matter. As long as you can hear my voice, that's what matters, not not what I look like. But still, uh, we, we got some good stuff and uh, got some interesting things to, to dive into, especially dealing with Racerback football. Of course, their day is tomorrow when it comes to SEC media days, and we'll get a little bit of an idea of what to expect out of Sam Pittman and uh, the players that he's bringing to. But today – we had a chance to hear from a few particular coaches and teams that, you know, have some sort of storyline going along with them. Sometimes it can be maybe with the Georgia Bulldogs, for instance, with Kirby Smart, can they three-peat and be the first team to ever win three straight national championships in college football since Minnesota did it back in the 30s. Uh, Vanderbilt went today, but all right. Uh, it's, it's mainly about Mississippi State and Auburn, who are two teams that have two different head coaches for two completely different reasons. Hugh Freeze coming back into the SEC, as we know, uh, who was ousted at Ole Miss for all of the behind-the-scenes cheating things that he was doing, the shady things he was doing. And uh, now he is back in the SEC as the head coach at Auburn, uh, which now it's funny because all that stuff was illegal before. Now it's legal now. And it's just, you know, he, he messed up. And he did some stuff, and, you know, he's, he's back in it. He's a good coach, but he's got some issues. But then you have, of course, uh, our uh, Zach Arnett, who's the head coach of Mississippi State, uh, having to take over, unfortunately, because of the passing of Mike Leach. And nobody wants to really deal with that. Nobody ever wants to have that happen into what they're doing as a school. So if you think about all of those factors for those two particular teams, it's a hit and miss on what they're going to do this year. Some people may say that they're going to finish higher than what they did last year. Some teams, people may think that they finished worse than what they did last year. But overall, you're going to have an SEC West that is a hodgepodge besides maybe Alabama and LSU. But for Arkansas, they're actually going to play both Mississippi State and Auburn at home this season. So that kind of made me start thinking about what is the expectation for home games for Arkansas? Because, you know, you can dissect in different ways exactly how it's looked at for how you're going to predict the season. Uh, you know, what do you do in non-conference? What do you do in SEC play? What do you do against your rivals? What do you do against your new opponents that you're playing in conference? But in a lot of cases, you got to talk about what you do at home and what you do on the road. Arkansas's road schedule this year is tough. It's, you know, it's just in the SEC. But if you look at their home schedule in general, folks, it might be one of the easiest home schedules that Arkansas has had in quite some time. 
your four non-conference games, you should win all four of them. You play one in Little Rock, and you play three of them in Fayetteville. You start the season with three of them, and you have one later in the year. So when you take that into consideration, that's that's something that you maybe haven't been able to say every single year. Like last year, even though Arkansas went three and one in non-conference play, most people would have said three and one probably happens because you had Cincinnati at home. You had uh, Bobby Vitrino at home with Missouri State. You had Liberty at home with Q Freeze, ironically. And you also had uh, BYU on the road. And the year before that, uh, you know, you had a, uh, a non-conference slate that was pretty difficult for the most part with Texas coming to town, but you ended up taking care of business there. But this year, it's not saying it's going to be easy, but it's going to be easier. Yeah, you start with Western Carolina on Saturday in War Memorial Stadium, very first game of the year. Then you have Kent State. Then you have BYU. She win all of those. And then, of course, later in the year, you face off against Florida International. But then take it to the next step with the SEC games at home. Texas A&M is not at home. We know that. It's 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 in Arlington. It's a neutral site game. So it counts as one of your home games, but not a home game. You have Mississippi State, Auburn, Missouri. Those are your three SEC games at home. And if I was to match up the two teams of Arkansas and those three SEC teams right now on paper, Arkansas is better than all three of those teams. So when you're better than the three teams that you're going to be facing off against and you're at home, you should win the game. And in fact, I'd be hard-pressed to think that if you look at the betting lines for when those games take place, Arkansas will be favored in all of those games. And not just by the three points that they usually give to the home team itself, but actually be favored because they're a better team that should win those games. And if you do that, that's seven wins. It's immediately better than what you've done. So I feel like you have to win all those. When you're adding up the schedule of teams that you feel good about beating and you do a power rankings of them, we'll even just take the conference games in general, right? Let's look at the conference games in general. You're playing the SEC West, and then you got Florida on the road, as well as Missouri at home from the East. When the teams that are the easier teams to beat, we'll say, or the teams that you feel better about playing, I think that you start with, of course, like, if, let's go the other way around. Let's go with the, uh, the toughest game and then go down to the easiest game. Your toughest game is going to be either at Alabama or at LSU. You know, just interchange those that wanted to. Those are going to be your toughest ones. And then after that, you'd probably have to say Texas A&M just because of where that game's at and how that game goes. After that, if you're looking at the, the rest of, you know, like the East, for instance, with Florida, that one's a, it could be a mix and, and could end up being a problem. But it's in Gainesville. Who knows what Florida's going to look like? They have a lot of talent on paper. I would probably say them just because they're, they're an uncertainty. And then that's when you kind of bring in the rest of the teams. But all those games were on the road or not, or not in Arkansas. So not only do you have those three SEC games at home at crucial times, but you also have three SEC games at home against the three easier opponents of your schedule. It's vital for you to go undefeated in those games. Go undefeated in those games. It changes a lot. It gets everybody on board thinking that, uh, like, you know, seven wins, surely you can steal one on the road somewhere. 
whether it is Florida, whether it is Ole Miss, whether it is maybe Texas A&M. If you can just steal one of those games, go undefeated at home, protect home field advantage, it's a great year. It's a great year. But it's easier said than done. Execution is always the key. And I guess with Arkansas, you know, two years ago when they went eight and four, they won all their home games but one. And that one game was against Auburn of all teams. You need to take care of business. You haven't beaten Auburn at home since 2015. Got to get this done. Got to win these games. And you got to take care of business and have a great season this year because it's pivotal for Sam Pittman. Uh, we'll talk a bit about uh, Pittman actually, and a, and a stat that I thought was very fascinating about him here in just a second. First, I got to tell you about bet, uh, about our one of our betting sites that is creme de la creme when it comes to how you place your bets, and it's FanDuel, all right? Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel.net, and you can get 10 times up to the amount of your bonus bets with $200. That's right, so 20 bucks. Throw it down on the thing. What do you get? 200 bucks back. Bonus bets, win or lose. You can lose horribly. But you know that you're going to be able to get a great deal back on it because 20 bucks turns into 200 winning or losing. And you can bet on anything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And it's all on an app that is safe, that's secure, that's super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place than FanDuel when it comes to MLB baseball, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 back and bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with our Locked On Razorbacks podcast, um, Sam Pittman, we know, is under some pressure. Uh, from some people, and actually hearing from some Razorback fans, but you'll be like, this is like a do-or-die type of year, which we've discussed as far as the trajectory goes for Sam Pittman and, and what he needs to continue to do and continue to build to go in the right direction. But I started looking at just in the three years that Sam Pittman has been at Arkansas and some of the things that he has truly accomplished that deserves a lot of credit. Sam Pittman has won three games, nine games, seven games, respectively. Now, the COVID year with the three games is what plays a lot into that. But you're talking about a guy who has done pretty well and done a lot better than what Arkansas did before he arrived. But when you take it one step further and look into SEC play, because let's be honest, conference play is what it's all about and what you do in the toughest division in college football, right? Well, in those seasons, Arkansas won three games in the SEC in 2020, four games in the SEC in 2021, and then three games this past year in 2022. It's average to below average. Totally understand it. Uh, yet to have a winning record in SEC play. He goes, you got to do that to get to five wins. Arkansas has only done that once. <laughs> Since, uh, since I guess, 2012. But let's take it one step further. Arkansas from 2012 to 2019. That includes John L. Smith, Brett Bielma, and Chad Morris. The average win total for Arkansas football in the SEC during that time frame 
was 1.6 wins in SEC play. 1.6. They won two games, then zero games, then two games, then five games, then three games, then one game, then zero, then zero. That is all in the span before Sam Pittman arrived. Now, I'm not here trying to hold the water for Sam Pittman and say that uh, he is untouchable because he has won a mere 10 SEC games, if I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah, 10 SEC games as a head coach in three seasons. Um, but I'm just trying to put things into perspective. He's won at least three SEC games every year he's been here. And each year it's been the toughest SEC schedule in all the land. Not even close. So take that into serious consideration when you look at Sam Pittman and look at the job he's doing and the job he's done and the direction it's going. Because we go back to the home schedule and we we're talking about it. Is there any reason to believe that Sam Pittman doesn't once again win three SEC games this year at least? I don't see it. And if he does that, it's not a high bar, but that will, in my mind, officially surpass Sam Pittman in the coaching realm above like a Brett Bielma, for instance, which he, I think he's already there, to be honest. He's already trying a lot harder. He's putting in a lot more effort than Brett ever did. But because of that fact and because of his wins in the SEC, he deserves this. He deserves that respect. He deserves that that element to his whole resume. I'm impressed by it. I'm impressed by it. And also seeing the press to think how long Arkansas is gone uh, before Sam Pittman arrived and how bad they were truly in the SEC. You're talking about three zero-win seasons in SEC play and one one-win season. Four years of one SEC win in a span of seven years. Sorry to bring up bad things. But it's all about perspective. And Sam Pittman has done a lot of great things. And I think he'll continue to do some great things moving forward for Arkansas. We will talk about some of the great things with KJ Jefferson and talking with some SEC media members here. Why would you not pick him to be preseason SEC first team here at Media Days? Let's dive into it on the other side of the break. Stay with us on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, I've talked to a lot of media members here at uh, SEC Media Days, and I'm talking about national guys, I'm talking about regional guys, I'm talking about uh, local guys for different teams, and we've talked about their teams that they cover or at least the big news that have come out of SEC media days. But one of the things that's always been discussed has been of the quarterback situation with KJ Jefferson. What does he do? What does he look like? How does he handle himself? I think everybody has given him a lot of praise other than the one guy I ran into that said he's the sixth best quarterback in the SEC. And I wanted to strangle him with my bare hands because that's stupid. That's idiotic and it should never happen. But other than that, there's been some really positive things thrown K.J. Jefferson's way. However, there are still a good amount of people that don't believe he is all-SEC, first-team caliber. 
And the ones that don't believe that, even though they love him, even though they think he's a great player, they've always given the nod to Jaden Daniels at LSU. I get that there are reasons to give benefits to LSU because of the great talent that they have. They won the West last year, which which is nice. Um, you could say the West was down, which is so weird to say, but you can't make excuses for it. Give credit where credit is due. LSU won the West, and they deserve that praise for it. But there's still there's still res reservations I have about LSU and about their quarterback situation with Jaden Daniels. Because listen, LSU has had some pretty solid quarterback play here recently. We saw better than what it used to be. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow really broke the mold for their quarterback situation. But specifically talking about Jaden Daniels, because it doesn't matter about Joe Burrow. Jaden Daniels last season threw for 2,919 yards, 17 touchdowns, and three interceptions. He completed 68% of his passes and also uh, was the leading rusher at 885 yards for, for LSU. Great. You make really good numbers. Don't get me wrong. Really good numbers. However, the reason I'm always going to give quite a credit to other quarterbacks besides LSU and besides Alabama is that, you know, LSU has a lot of talent surrounding Jaden Daniels. And, the you know, the players that he gets to throw to, we'll see how it plays out this year. But the players that he gets to throw to, in some cases, may be better than some of the key pieces that Arkansas gets to throw to. And throw that into the mix as well. But I'm still giving the nod to KJ. Because KJ's gotten better each and every year. KJ is the guy on his team. He's the leader on his team. And... Honestly, KJ has better stats, and KJ had better numbers last season, even though he missed two full games not playing in a third game where he was not healthy at all. And his numbers were, you know, as far as the – I think uh, Jane Daniels actually threw for more yardage, but KJ had more touchdowns, uh, had more of a consistent basis on, on his throws, and if he would have been healthy the whole time, he would have blown every single stat out of the water for Jaden Daniels. So that's why I give the nod to him. Uh, I, I I have no problem with people picking Jaden Daniels. I want to make that clear. If somebody says they pick Jaden Daniels, I'm not going to fight him to the death and say, you guys are idiots for, for wanting to go that route. My whole point is don't prop up Jaden Daniels and crap on KJ Jefferson to try to make your point. Don't say KJ is not the best quarterback because he's crap or because he's not that good, or because he doesn't have the, the intangibles that you think he needs to have. Like, don't do that. If you're going to talk about it with credibility, and if you're going to talk about it with some sort of respect, at least acknowledge that those guys are one and two. I will not hear anything about KJ being less than second in the SEC, though. If he is not all SEC, first or second team, once this all is all over, we need to blow the whole system up and start thinking about people's ballots and choices. Because KJ deserves that. He deserves that acknowledgement. He deserves that praise, and hopefully he ends up getting it.
Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.